Welcome everybody to another episode of the Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi podcast. I am your host, the Artificial Dragon. I'm Hannah. I'm Kid. All right, and we're here with another episode. And if you recall from the last time, we're going to be talking about gods and deities in the Star Wars galaxy. Now, as I mentioned before in the zombie episode, when you look at Star Wars or any other sci-fi universe, you wouldn't really associate it with supernatural things like gods. That seems kind of out of place in a sci-fi universe, wouldn't it? I mean, like, the Force exists. That is true. And that's somewhat mystical. Yeah, so. you... Sorry. <laughs> you would think that it is a... At least a personification of a deity. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, with uh, the prequels, you have Anakin Skywalker, who's literally the uh, allegory for Jesus. I was chosen he's, he's a Jesus metaphor. <laughs> a Jesus metaphor, like... Shmi Skywalker just has this child, kind of like the Virgin Mary. And sci-fi is like, I mean, Star Wars isn't super sci-fi, it's more of a space opera. Yeah. Like, when it comes to, like, sci-fi... That's sci-fi, the way you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, Star Trek is sci-fi because it explains, like, the technologies. At least I think. I, I don't watch too much Star Trek, but... They do a like, lot of nerdy techno babble yeah, shit. Yeah, like, sci-fi <laughs> would explain how technologies work, how to solve the issues at hand, what the planet's composed of, how something breathes... Yeah. The blueprints to something. Uh-huh. A theories of like scientific uh scientific progress, blah 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 that. Yeah. Star Wars doesn't do that. Star Wars doesn't explain its technology very Not really. Not in like, the movies anyway. Well yeah, like it'll be like this this sword just creates creates black holes. It's like how? It's like it just does. <laughs> or this gun. Like this gun shoots lasers. It's like okay, how? It's like, it's like, it, it just does. It's like if you're a casual fan, you wouldn't know that. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I mean, aside from the Force itself, uh, you don't really hear much about a metaphorical or figurative god in the Star Wars universe, at least in the movies or anything like that. Nope. You would see them in the background here and there, but not really relevant. I kind of like space operas a lot, though, because it's like, it mixes fantasy with some uh, with some elements of... Uh, of sci-fi that I really like, and they don't always have to dwell into the explanations of how technologies work. They just do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that. Unless it's just very out there. <laughs> like, light speed ramming, that was really <laughs> the, the only reason they did that was because it looked cool. It looks cool, but <laughs> it's very inefficient. Yeah. It's very inefficient. And it's just inconsistent. Like, why didn't they do that earlier? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Um, but if you think about it, like in most universes that have a mix of mysticism and sci-fi to it like uh mortal Kombat, for example we got the elder gods mortal Kombat's <laughs> lore is so stupid <laughs> i just, like mortal Kombat. It, it is lore. so dumb it is so weird like oh my god it's the only game where you can have a marine with robotic arm i think he's a marine is he yeah like, he's a marine yeah like a marine with robotic arms fight a really weird like Necromancer Wizard. (laughs) Not to mention the uh, numerous cyborg ninjas. Oh yeah, and the elder gods, and elder gods, and uh, you know it's like the Marvel. Shao Kahn. Uh, Shao Kahn. The Marvel universe is ridiculous. It is. It is so. It is really ridiculous. But that's media. I know. It's just there's like no consistency to its theme though, because when you look at superheroes you'll have like a theme a golden age silver age yeah 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 whatever you know you'll have 
like what is your power? It's like you have mutant powers and usually technological basis of how they combat the superpowers or something if you're a non-human. Mm-hmm. Then you have then you have like Marvel in DC, which is oh yeah, we have gods, we have magic, we have aliens, we have interdimensional travel, we have multiverse theory, yeah. we have time travel, we have mutants, we have we have hell, we have heaven, we have <laughs> we have other hell and other heaven, and the underworld, we have Hades. We have Helheim, Val, <laughs> like Valhalla. Uh, it's like this is ridiculous. You have so many like universes. Somehow, it makes sense. I guess somehow it it's, it doesn't cap off. And that's like God of War. You'll have you know they're in the new God of War, at least North mythology. You have Helheim, the tree of the tree of life. Yeah, the tree of life, the multiple planes. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Yeah. In Marvel or DC, you'll have like seven million of those things. Like yeah, there's yeah. eight afterlives, dude. Or like the uh, the Source Wall in DC. Oh my god! <laughs> have you ever seen that that clip where Lex Luthor? Oh yeah, is yeah. He's talking yeah. about yeah, like it's like only a twelfth level intellect can yeah. enter that space, <laughs> and he's like, "Good thing I'm overqualified." Yeah, he just <laughs> jumps right in, like. Yeet. <laughs> that, that dude on the chair kind of pissed me off because he's like that. It's like it's like only a twelfth level intellect can enter this space. Okay, fucking nerd. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Behold the source wall. <laughs> uh, going on with uh, other franchises, of course, another famous example of gods in fiction would be uh, the. Before Chaos Gods from Warhammer 40k with Korn, Slanej, Nurgle, and Zinch. Zinch, yeah. yeah. And of course, the Emperor of Mankind himself. Technically, he's not a god, but the entirety of the Imperium of Man see him as a god. believes him as a god, so yeah. it's, it's exactly weird, like, what the Egyptians Apparently, say. belief in 40k yeah. just makes you have things. It's yeah. like, if you believe something exists, it'll just come That's all the powers of the orcs. Yeah. Well, like, that's psycher powers. I'm talking about overall. Yeah, like, yeah, believe, yeah. like, they wanted to make... I think in 40k, I don't know much about 40k, so the fans can correct me. Yeah, if, uh, yeah. I, I'm a little bit of a fan of 40k. I listen to this podcast called Adept is Ridiculous. There are a lot of fun, uh, kind of a basis of why I made this podcast in the first place. But if I was to describe the Emperor and the Imperium worshipping him, it's the it's basically the Emperor saying, Hey, uh, I, I'm not a god. I may be a 10-foot tall, golden-clad uh, god who's the most powerful psyker in the entire galaxy who commands a million space marines but don't worship me as a god okay well he, he, he wanted to make everyone an atheist yeah. but he self-brandized so yeah. much that it's like what did you expect did you not expect people to worship you as a god when you were literally having the aesthetics of a god yeah this is like it's it's basically humble bragging. Of the high school. It's like, oh yeah, I saved one thousand children, uh, but but I'm a horrible person. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, so there aren't that many. Well, okay, I say that many. There aren't literal gods in the Star Wars universe. Like, in, I was talking to a coworker about this last night. Uh, like, in our own world, like here on Earth, we have. Billions of cultures that have their own pantheon of gods, their own mythologies. I mean, it's a lot of people still worship like uh, the Greek gods and stuff well, I, like I, that. I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I don't think people worship them still. I, I think I think we look at that more as a mythos than an actual like 
I mean, it was a religion back then. People believed it back then. But yeah. right now, we more see it as, like, a mythos and, like, things to use it in, like, you know, uh, fiction and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, of course, we most modern religions today, like Christianity, have a singular god. Like, it's kind of arguable if any of those actually exist, but a lot of people do believe that they exist. Yeah, well, like... To each their own. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to judge. And, like, that's just here on Earth. If you have an entire galaxy that has... Billions of alien races and cultures. There's going to be a lot of them that have their own beliefs and mythologies and all that. Yeah, because like even on Earth, we don't know. Like we might have religions here, but we don't even know if there's life out there. Yeah, if there's yeah. life out there. They could have their own religions too. Yeah, and we could have like possibly like infinite amount of religions. Exactly. Yeah, and like uh, I'm going to go through three different categories. The first category is gods that appear in different alien cultures and. It's arguable they actually exist, but the the culture slash alien races believe that they exist. Okay. And number two are like people or not people, individuals or objects that other cultures believe are deities. Like the chosen one would be a good example. Well, there, there was the uh, it was in the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah. There was the mother and the father. No, no, the the uh, father, the son, and the daughter. Yes. Yeah, and those would be. The third category, which is godlike beings. Like, they may not be literal gods, but they have godlike powers that would bend reality or something like that. I mean, what were we considering gods here? Because I'd probably consider those beings gods. Yeah. yeah, godlike. For lack of a better term, they're gods. Exactly. I mean, there was. Didn't they also have, like, a caretaker that turned evil because they she wanted to be. That was Avaloth. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be talking a little bit about her in this episode. If I'm going to be completely honest. Abeloff deserves an episode of her own because she is extremely interesting. Well, anyway, so I'm going to briefly go over numerous cultures and uh, alien races that have their own pantheon of gods or singular gods, whatever. Um, so are you guys familiar with uh, Corellia? Yeah. The, the, the Mon Calamari? No, 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 no. Uh, okay. So it appears in the Solo movie, but it's the home world of Han Solo. Okay. It's Corellia is basically the closest planet in the Star Wars galaxy is to Earth. Like, you know, it's got a 26 hours day and night cycle. It's got numerous landscapes, a lot of beautiful landscapes like Earth does, blah, blah, blah. But the Corellians believe in their own set of gods, and particularly two trickster gods named Ivax and Keeks, which are named after nearby nebulas, which are infamous for creating navigational disturbances for any pilot that goes in there. Makes me think of Loki. Yeah. It's like, okay. Do they exist? Or are they just, are they like, are they, are in the Star Wars universe, do they actually exist? No. Or are they just, okay, they're fables? They're just, they're just fables. Like, oh, don't go in there, otherwise the trickster gods are going to fuck you up. Yeah, I, I can say so that. So it's like, it's mythos. Uh, yeah. I can say this because this is not religion. Okay, so their religion is, is not real. Okay. No. I, I, I can say that because it's not a real movie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Do you know what the Weequay are? I've heard of them. Uh, Hondo Onaka's race. Oh, okay. So, the Weequay, you know, they have like that dried skin and all that. Um, they kind of have that Arab aesthetic to it. Like, the native Weequay on their home world, they have their own set of gods that they believe in. Like, their main god is the moon god named Quay, and the thunder god Emshak. Um, Quay is their main god. Um, 
And you got Quay and Wee Quay. So the Wee Quay is literally translates to the followers of Quay. Well, no shit. Yeah. I, I think that's a very nice little base. Is like, uh, we got big Quay and small Quay. And <laughs> small Quay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like yeah. I follow quite which one yeah fuck <laughs> <laughs> then they also had uh, the god of war named Lore Roll the water goddess and uh, Syracway the mother of the gods you got Quay and Syracway my, my question is like, where the force even comes from what is it yeah. do we even get, I don't think we ever get an answer on that do we well in the movies no but Extended media, yes. Expanded media, and canon kind of taps into that, but not that much because, because you know, it's canon. Yeah, exactly. Every everybody's got to down, dumb it down just a little bit. <laughs> and of course, you haven't watched uh, Return of a Jedi yet, but I'm sure everybody in the room is familiar with the Ewoks by now. Yes, yes. The little yes. murderous teddy bears that somehow. <laughs> bested the most the empire <laughs> the elite troopers of the empire somehow I um, was so dumb yeah <laughs> people talk like look I, I don't like the sequels any more than the next guy but like god people talk about the new movies being done dumb it's like this that was fucking stupid <laughs> I mean I had my co-worker told me tonight look at episode 2 as a buddy cop movie don't look at it as a sci-fi movie true I mean that's fairly true um, so the Ewoks believe in this deity called the Golden One, uh, which in Return of a Jedi is what they labeled C-3PO as because, you know, he's golden and they, <laughs> you know, worship him. Um, so the creation story is that once upon a time, the moon of Endor was nothing but darkness. Like there was no sunlight. It was a pretty shitty pl- place to live. And the Ewoks were a bunch of little primitives, more primitive than they were right now I mean and they were like li- living in caves and shit it's a pretty shitty life um, but the Ewoks endured they're like hey we better be kind to each other and eventually the darkness will break and we'll have a better life than we currently do in our caves and the darkness breaks and comes this being in luminous light and it brings forth, you know, the creation of the land, the trees, the water, all of this stuff. And it brings prosperity. And the Ewoks got out of their caves. They went up these trees, made their own tree huts, and they worshipped the Golden One. However, um, the story goes like most things in Star Wars. Uh, one light and darkness cannot, you know be dominant over the other. It's got to create a balance. Um, so the Golden One knows that he can't stay because eventually the Ewoks would go back to extinction if if the lightness, uh, sorry, the light side, um, you know, dominates everything. So he just leaves and let it keep going. That's kind of a Ewok uh, I never get story. this equilibrium thing in fiction <laughs> or, or even in Star Wars where it's like, one cannot overpower the other. We must be in balance. Like, but why? I mean, yeah. it's kind of a philosophy. Like, I mean, would you rather have darkness, like, right now, or daytime? Or would you want to have both? I mean, like, I'm not talking about like this. This is just, like, light and, like, night and day are completely yeah, different from yeah. each other. I'm talking about, like, It's kind of a bad metaphor. Do you mean, like, good versus evil? 
Um, and yeah, that's what I mean. I'm like, why would you want? It's like, it's like we must have a balance of good and evil. But why? It just seems fairly. <laughs> there never will be. Yeah. yeah, it seems like a counterintuitive thing, you know. Uh, but yeah. Um. So aside from the golden one, the uh, you okay, there, Hannah? Swallow her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, she's doing that. You okay? Sorry. So aside from the golden one, the uh, Ewoks also worship uh, the Father Tree, which is literally the tallest tree on all of Endor. Kind so, of- so you're telling me if you cut down that tree and make it into paper, could you imagine just like? It's just like some lumberjack on that planet. It's like you have these two, like one like Ewok father. (laughs) It's like, this is our land and this is our massive tree. Our culture, this tree reaches the heavens. It's so beautiful. And you have a lumberjack. I was like, hey, neighbor. I just chopped down this tree. Hey, neighbor. (laughs) And the uh, father tree is guarded by this gigantic creature called the Gundok. Uh, this is what it looks like. Uh, is, why does it look fucking creepy looking? Yeah, I know. Despite its creepy looking appearance. <laughs> its eyes are staring into my soul. Just smiling. Its eyes are staring into my soul! But no, besides its very creepy looking appearance. How tall is this tree? Let's, for all intents and purposes, taller than red trees in uh, California. I don't know how tall Taller than redwoods? Yeah. They're like, what, three, four stories tall? Holy crap. Yeah. Giant-ass tree. tree. They worship this one tree. Holy... Okay. Do keep in mind, the Ewoks are kind of primitive. They worship C-3PO of all things. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not dissing them for worshiping trees. I'm more just, like, contemplating... If anyone has ever attempted to fuck up that tree, or cut down that tree, or well, blast that tree with fucking missiles. Well, if they did, they would have to deal with a Gundrak first. The Gundrak's not bigger than the tree, though, is it? Not bigger than the tree, but it's bigger than most Ewoks. Couldn't you just... Well, the Ewoks are tiny! Couldn't you just fly over the tree, <laughs> shoot the tree, then, before the thing catches you, just fly away and be like, ha 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 ha! I like it how this devolved into you trying to defrone a gigantic tree. It's just, it's just funny to me, because it's like... It's like, here's the thing. If you worship a giant tower, you would have a bunch of guards around. Yeah, you. yeah. Like, okay, this is the worst self-defense system for your religious... <laughs> for your religious belief ever, okay? Uh, well, not to yeah. imagine. There's like a shit ton of dangerous creatures that are around that tree, so you probably don't want to wander in when you have gigantic... I know, I know, but like, do the Ewoks have a lot of ships or no? No. Okay, so... So, like, if you try to, like, mess up, like, any places, uh, monuments, like Paris's, uh... Like the Eiffel Tower. The Eiffel Tower. America's Statue of Liberty, or any of, like, the monuments around the world, yeah. we have armies and self-defense systems <laughs> to prevent those things. So if you try to fly your plane uh, and shoot down, like, the Eiffel Tower, the French Air Force will come in. But but the Ewoks and the fucking... Uh, uh, don't have that. So you have this giant-ass <laughs> fucking tree. You, you can just go in with the sun crusher. <laughs> oh my god! Shit on that tree. Blow it up. 
laughing at you all to be like, fuck you, and then just fly away. Oh, fuck. Why do you probably have a sun crusher? I'm just imagining Tyler one. Just, fuck you, tree! He <laughs> <laughs> won't worship anything no, else. No, I want to see an episode of Star Wars, or like, they're remaking it. Yeah. Right? Where, they, where they go to that planet <laughs> just to fuck up that tree. <laughs> That's going to be funny as hell. Um... So, the Ewoks do have other gods. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> there's a... If you guys didn't know, there's an actual Ewok TV show where they... Uh, it's very cartoon style. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Is that uh, like a replica of the gummy bears? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but in the TV show, they have the gods that are literally, you know, there. Just chilling out <laughs> along with the Ewoks. I got. I, I, I hope that tree gets. Like, I hope that tree gets blasted. That's gonna be so funny. No, could you imagine? It's like it's like it's like oh. oh my god. Okay. Anyway, moving on from the Ewoks. Yeah, they had other gods, but I'm not going to talk about the Ewok TV show because that's another rabbit hole I have to dive into. Um, so I totally forgot there was an Ewok yeah, show. Yeah, I heard it's not that great. They have like a literally a crying mountain in that movie, in that TV oh, show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing if it's on Disney. I think it's on Disney. Yeah, I think it's on Disney along with uh, Star Wars droids. Fucking um, tree huggers. Which, which is a nice little segue because uh, the droids also technically have a deity that they worship. The droids have yeah. a religion. They're not sentient. What? <laughs> well, well, some of them are. Some of them will gain sentience. Sentience is just like the ability to self-reflect. Feel things uh-huh. and emotion, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, like, a lot of people in Star Wars, like, look at droids in the same way that we look at artificial intelligence or something like that, or a car or something. If they can feel pain, express emotions, feel things, uh-huh. and have consistency with itself, and be self-aware, and have have self-reflection, then it has, has consciousness. Yeah. So, like, uh, you know how, like, most droids, like, I don't know, see Freebie or something like that, they're all like, oh, thank the Maker. Like, how we say, oh, thank God. Like, well, yeah, like, at that point, wouldn't the Maker just be the factory? I was going to say. So, yeah. well, I mean, yeah, there's that. Um, so, as with any individuals, each droid has their own interpretation of what the creator is. He's, they're also known as the one who creates. Um, some droids believe that they're responsible for simply changing simple machines like i don't know microphones or a microwave or something and create them into the first intelligent creations which is the first droid or something like that yep um and then many others uh believe that the maker was the first droid who went on to create other droids but then who made that droid yeah like i said different interpretations on the same thing and it's also kind of a curious phenomenon because with each droid, each one of them has their own beliefs of the maker. It's not like either A, it was passed on from a pr- older droid and they told him about the creator, or number two, the manufacturer just purposefully include the knowledge of the maker into the droid to make them easier to control. So it's kind of like, uh, you know how most religions believe in a god and, you know, they restrict themselves to uh, certain guidelines or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like certain rules, like some religions won't allow you to eat beef because yeah. the cow is sacred. Yep. Some religions won't allow you to eat specific, like, 
meets or wear specific clothes with, yeah. with specific materials, stuff like that. It's kind of an interesting outlook because even, even with droids have gods, even if it's purposeful or not, it's still an interesting thing to think about. Reprogram their religion <laughs> to believe in only one thing, yeah. and that is your divinity. Your divinity. Um, so, well, Hannah's answering a phone call. Don't worry, she'll be back soon. Um, also, the Mandalorians have their own pantheon of gods. Well, well yeah, I would expect <laughs> it's probably some warrior god yeah. situation. I, I assume you have your uh, phone with you, kid? Yes, but my data is low, so I don't have my data on. All right, are you connected to the Wi-Fi? No. Okay, I'll show you. So, the Mandalorians believe in the free gods. Let me just... Pull up a picture for you guys to look at first. Um, there you go. This is the Mandalorian Pantheon of Gods. I see the inspiration for their masks now. Yeah. So, okay, the one on the right has the T, the T mask, and the one in the middle has the T mask as well. Uh-huh. The one on the left has the T mask, but with like two divots on the yeah, side. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, it's really, really cool looking. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, so the gods from left to right. Um, so we got the uh, Harangir, the d- destroyer god, basically their war god. Uh, Serum, the sloth god, and Hod Haran, the trickster god. But like in the ancient past of the Mandalorians, they believed in these free gods. They mostly follow Harangir because, you know, the Mandalorians love their good old wars against anybody and anything. They just like fighting. They just love fighting a lot. Um, but like, they see Harangir as the god of change. Like, um, you know how like uh, most people encourage forest fires to burn down a forest and allow it to regrow? Yeah, well like it's also to stop, prevent like, Prevent there to be so much trees close together. Yeah. So it's like a controlled fire. Yeah. So you don't. So it doesn't spread further to yeah, other trees, yeah. to like all of the trees and stuff. Yeah, that's kind of like their outlook with war because they see it as it will allow societies to change and grow better from the war that we create or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, in opposition, there was a Serum the Sloth God, who is the embodiment of stagnation, and the Mandalorians are basically all like, being lazy is cringe. <laughs> but, you know, they have their pantheon of gods, but along the lines, the Mandalorians decided worshipping God is cringe, and they decided to abandon their religion and do war on for themselves instead of for a god, if that makes any sense. Makes sense. Yeah. And it's really interesting to think that these warrior people were, once upon a time, very religious, very devout believers. I mean, what is it like now? Do people, like, do people in Mandalore in, like, the current era of Star Wars, like, still believe in such things? Or I mean, there are a couple of hidden remnants of Mandalorians that still believe in the old ways much in the same way that Death Watch believes in the old ways of Mandalore and all that. Okay. Yeah, um... <laughs> what was that phone call about, Anna? That was just my Nana. Okay. Um, you want me to bring you up to speak about the Mandalorian gods? That's okay. Okay. I was listening. Okay, cool. Um, didn't want to make sure you didn't miss anything. Um, so there's basically a god of war and a god of sloth and a god of trickery. Yeah. 
It's kind of interesting that the Mandalorians even have a god of tricksters to begin with. I'm, I'm shocked that you have a god of sloth. <laughs> yeah. Laziness is crazy. I thought it would be war, war, and more war. 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 <laughs> like you said, small brain, small brain species. Yeah. <laughs> Smoothest of brain. <laughs> yeah, it just makes me think Ares times ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, um... Sometimes I really don't like how ridiculous these fucking these these, these like the the lore of Star Wars or any fictitious universe can be. It's like the the Mandalorians killed a planet full of dinosaurs on it. It's like okay, here's the thing. It's so ridiculous. I don't. I'm not phased by it anymore. Because <laughs> here's the thing. It's just like you you you've upped the stakes and you've upped like the ridiculousness so much. I can't take you seriously, <laughs> and I can't really. I don't see that as impressive. I just see that as another thing in Star Wars. You yeah. know, it's like that meme. I think we put in like the first episode. Just why? Why? Yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> but no. Um. So, you guys know what the Trandoshans are, right? Yep. A giant reptile oh, right. people. Scorekeeper. Yeah. yeah. About her. The scorekeeper. So we have a singular goddess called the scorekeeper who watches over all Trandoshans who go out and hunt. And for each kill or job that they do and succeed in, they are gifted Jagannath points, which is basically like a, a figurative tally mark on each Trandoshan in their lifetime. Like, if you get a certain amount of Jagannath points, you basically go to heaven when you die. Hmm. And if you don't get enough, you just go to hell? <laughs> well... I'm <laughs> probably, but what type um, of fucking incentive motive is this shit? <laughs> so, like, uh, I think the Trandoshans are pretty interesting because a lot of people like to see Trandoshans as these uh, code killing machines who just go around and kill Wookies or whatever. But it's that's just the extreme part of Trandoshan culture. Mm-hmm. Like, the scorekeeper could reward you Jagannath points for hunting the best recipe or hunting an enlightenment in the force or hunting uh, some sort of accomplishment in life. Like, oh my uh, god, they're, they're, they're literally hunters from Hunter x Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> and like, uh, the, the more prestigious and rare your accomplishments or if you want to go to the extreme Trandoshans, uh, rare the target is, then you would get twice the amount of so knife points. You can hunt anything as long as it's as long as you're doing a type of hunt. But it yeah. doesn't have to be a person. No, it, that's the extreme part of Mandal- uh, Trandoshan culture. Sorry. <laughs> What's it so you could be like, rather than be like a bounty hunter or yeah. you know a human hunter or a mortal hunter of any kind. Yeah, you'd be like, I'm hunting the tastiest ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or for a Jedi, I'm I'm hunting for the best force ability or something like that. Or I'm a hunter that hunts hunters who hunt hunters. <laughs> it's so So a serial killer, serial killer. Yeah, it's... Or... Try to say that or, two times okay. fast. Serial killer, or serial killer. You're, you, you're hunting... Something that doesn't exist. I don't know. So wait, if the more rare it is, the more points you are you're assigned. Yeah. So if you're able to get the tastiest flavored ice cream that no one has ever gotten their hands on, and you're able to actually attain it, show proof of it, and you don't let anyone have it, 
And it's like the only thing in Star Wars, like this is the only flavor of ice cream that's ever existed in the entire history of the Star Wars mythos. Yeah. And its flavor is, I don't know, like Bananarama awesomeness or something. <laughs> <laughs> How many points would you be awarded? Would you just be awarded like infinite points or some shit? I mean, I would assume, yes, a greater amount of points than normal, but for all intents and purposes, it's greater than usual. Could you imagine? (laughs) Could you imagine, like, you killed, like, eight Jedi, you're worth, like, 70 points, and then some asshole comes in, like, who hunted for, like, the rarest fur coat, and he gets, like, 7,000 points, because it's like, it's like, what the fuck? And, like, uh, failure is quite high. Like, if a hunter is shamed or is captured in the middle of a hunt, they lose all of their jagged knife points. That's shit. That is stupid. Yeah. Could you imagine? It's like, I killed, like, 70 Jedi, though. And it's like, yeah, but you got captured. Yes, yes, on purpose to kill 300 Jedi. You lose all 370 points. But no, uh, I know it's... Kind of stupid, but that's so that's so it is very stupid. stupid. It's so stringent and strict for no reason. I mean, it's still an interesting culture, kind of an interesting religion. I Um, remember my uh, consular in in uh, Swatoria. Yeah, your first companion literally is a Trandoshan. Yes, and there are points where you do get to talk to him about the scorekeeper. Yeah, and. There's also a point where, like, he goes through the molt or something. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, the character side missions. Yeah. <clears throat> so, wait, if you get captured, you have to report that you've gotten captured? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, technically you could, but, you know, the scorekeeper is watching. You can't lie to that. Wait, we mean yeah. they're watching. Oh, the... The, the scorekeeper's yeah, yeah. always watching. <laughs> yeah. I mean... It's just, like, how God is watching over yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like, don't sin, God is watching. <laughs> it's like it's just so unreasonable it's like could you it's, I mean with most religions it's kind of the same thing yeah not to this fucking <laughs> with the with the Abrahamic religions yes yeah, well, yeah. that's a good way to put it <laughs> yeah exactly you were born smite <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh uh, so okay so the huts, once upon a time, worship gods. They have gods. Big oily. Quotation marks. <laughs> Money's their god. So now yeah. I'm not sure if it was okay. You played with Tor, so it's probably apparent anyway. So now Hutta, their current homeworld, was their adoptive homeworld. Their original homeworld was this swampy world called Varl, and it was surrounded by two sons, Ardos and Avona. And that's their two gods. Okay. The suns? Yeah. They worship the suns. You know, I really want to see a hut with the... Give me an awful game of fumes. Like that. That would be very nice. <laughs> with an Italian hear, monster. Yeah. <laughs> we don't hear that, though. They're just like... <laughs> they, they, they have heavy breathing and weird, yep. like, raspy, like, gurgle noises yeah. and shit. And, like, the, the ancient huts are kind of insane, like... You know, we see huts today as these fat-ass slugs that just let everybody else do the work. But back in their ancient days, they were actually 
very respectful warriors. Like they had like weapons. They like moved around. They had suits of armor. And they shit. were jacked. Yep, they were pretty jacked. I've seen. Yep. <laughs> but and what so, happens? So sometime in the ancient past, I don't know what it was exactly, but some catastrophe led to the near destruction of their home world. And they had to get the fuck out of there. And that catastrophe um, was known as diabetes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and like both of their sons, basically um, one of them just went kaput. And the other went it transformed into a dwarf star or something like that. Basically yep. com- <laughs> just com- collapsing on itself. Little did they know, sons do. Little did they know the reason those two sons disappeared and one turned into a dwarf star that was going to blow everything up is because Tyler one drove the sun <laughs> oh, yes. he, he, he picked no, up a, no, he no, picked no, up a dark down. staff Naga Sadao just, just supernova so the star dude if that's the lore reason I'd lose my shit Naga, like, so Naga Sadao after fighting the Jedi Order with his illusions bullshit or like God, gets knocked out of the illusions Screams, what have you done? <laughs> Goes into his sun crusher. Like, no, not go, doesn't go to his sun crusher. Because he has a sun... Goes into his <laughs> ship, ship. Fucks off. Blows up a bunch of stars. And that's how he held and, that and, and apparently, well, two of those stars so happened to be the hut stars. If, that, if that's the lore, I would lose my shit. That'd be so funny. That'd be... No, it's perfect. No, it's such... It makes sense. It makes sense. It's so perfect. You just have Nagus to down. And you're like, how do I fuck my guy out of this jet? Blows up two fucking stars. Snaps his finger. The Hutch are like, oh, what a beautiful day. What the fuck is happening? Oh, shit! <laughs> that would be fucking If they integrate the match. No, it makes too much sense. If they just integrate the match. It makes too much sense, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, I, oh, when we do an episode on the Huts. Uh, we'll probably go through the history, but that would be fucking perfect. <laughs> it would all line up. It would all, it would yeah. all come full circle. Come full circle. Um, so, you know. Hey, Lucasfilms. <laughs> so, you know, the Huts got a fuck out of Dodge. Uh, they occupied now Hutta. But as a result of this catastrophe, um, so you know how most Huts see themselves as these powerful divine beings and whatever. They own the criminal empires and all that. Yeah. They're kind of a, uh, they see themselves as the center of the universe because by the mere fact of getting the fuck out of Dodge and surviving the destruction of other gods, they see themselves as superior to the gods that they once worshipped because they're still around. And the gods aren't. Yeah, that's why you see all these Huts as... Being worshipped like kings. Yeah, exactly. How many of them are even left? A pretty sizable amount of huts. Okay. Most of them just run criminal empires because that's the life that they know. When we once again, when we do a video about the huts, the like they own a lot of uh, client races and all that. Um, and if a hut is born in the criminal empire, um. They can't exactly pursue another life of their own because they would have to. Are all huts just mob bosses? Like, <laughs> holy shit. What do you mean, like, Roda? Um, I mean, a lot of... That's kind of a speciesism thing with uh, huts. All of them are mob bosses, but not all of them own criminal enterprises or anything well, it's like that. Well, like Dr. Orgrub yeah. from Svator. Yeah. He's a doctor. He's mm. not a criminal. Yeah. Yeah, some, some huts are actually very respectful citizens. 
They do. Well, some of them could look very buff if they really wanted to. But they don't. <laughs> so, in canon, there's this one named Hut called Gracchus the Hut, and he's this jacked-looking motherfucker. There's this famous line. I'm gonna Google it. Yeah. So, there's this famous line where a bunch of stormtroopers raid his castle or whatever, and he owns, like, this arena or whatever, and he's all, like, to the stormtroopers, he grabs one by the head, and he's like, the only dangerous beast in Gracchus's arena is no beast. It is Gracchus the Hutt himself, and he just chucks him aside. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. He's fucking ripped. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like Hulk just ate. It's like, it's like, oh my god. It's like Hulk is wearing Java as a meat suit. Yeah, yeah. like, what the fuck? Holy <laughs> What the fuck? He's huge. And if you look around his neck, he has a bright, he has a necklace of lightsabers. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Yeah, don't. Jesus. You're, no. Can you lift, bro? Your average fat hut. Your average buff hut in no, the air. No. The virgin hut. The Chad hut. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Somebody Jesus. should make that a meme now. <laughs> Oh, Christ. Okay. So. He's fucking. <laughs> oh, God. Like. He was fucking. Yeah. Huts are fucking awesome sometimes. What other cultures? Uh, there's many others, but. Uh, Do the Chogurta? Huh? Do the Chogurta? Not that I remember off the top of my head. Uh, again. <laughs> I don't want to go through every culture that has gods because curious. that would be a long ass episode. I was just curious. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if the Twi'leks have a god of any sort, but I'll, I'll have to <laughs> get back into the uh, Twi'lek lore when I get a chance. I, was, I said Tergruda, that Twi'lek. Oh, um, god damn it. Um, <laughs> shut up, they both have Leku. <laughs> I'm guessing, like, the Jedi and the Sith don't really have a relationship. Well, I mean, they worship the Force itself. Well, yeah. yeah. Or in the mean. case of the Sith, they just... The, the Force worships us, damn it. <laughs> but no, the ancient Sith also had uh, their own gods. Like, uh, there's this old Marvel com- comic where uh, Darth Vader says out loud, By the ancient gods of the Sith! Kind of like, oh my god! It's a sort of exclamation. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, um, so we're going so it's to. It's a thing, but it's not. It's a thing, but it is not. Anyway, so we're going to move away from the gods that cultures believe in. We're going to be talking about the uh, figurative deities or ones that uh, are physical but aren't actually gods or anything like that, or could be seen as gods. Um, like I said, the chosen one is a good example of that. Um, so, speaking of a chosen one, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Sivari, which is basically the Sif chosen one. So we both, so we all know from the history of the Sif episode, the Sivari was the foretold to arise one day, free of all restrictions, would rise to the pinnacle of supreme power to lead the Sif and then destroy them, making them stronger than ever. Wasn't that the king? Yep. What was his name? I forgot. The king Addis. Yeah, King Addis. And a lot of people like to say that's what Darth Bane is. He's like one of the many Sivari because he literally led to the destruction of the Sith and created a rule of two. And if you think about it, 
they are technically a lot more powerful today than they were back then. Mm-hmm. Like, with a rule of two, you have the apprentice who seeks the power and the master who has the power, blah, blah, blah. And of course, we, as an end result of that, Palpatine, who is proclaimed as the most powerful Sith in all of existence. Debatable, but... De- debatable, yes. Um, okay. I mean, can, can fucking Palpatine... Um, destroy, a destroy, a destroy a star? If he was did, a did meditation, could, could yes. he have made more? Could he have destroyed stars that made the huts who they are now? <laughs> <laughs> it was me all along. Fucking, just, I just, just fucking like thinking of Navi Sadow just driving by. Can you imagine? He's just in like this fucking hover or this really long ass limo. He's just driving in space with sunglasses on. He flips his sunglasses, sees two stars. He's like. <laughs> it's basically a drive-by. On. Speeds away. <laughs> it's like, ah, bitch. It's like that like scene in every mafia movie where they have Tommy guns. But a drive-by. A drive-by. But instead of Tommy guns, just, there we go. <laughs> no, he's just like, nice it out. There we go. There. Get out. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, this is probably going to be a common theme throughout this series. Um, So, in the Clone Wars, uh, so, there's this arc where the Blue Shadow virus re- was released, and Anakin and Obi-Wan needed to go to Aiego to get a cure for the Blue Shadow virus. Um, so, they arrive at Aiego, and the inhabitants talk, tell them, like, oh, beware of Dro. He's this destructive spirit that prevents anybody from going off-world and all that, and of course, Anakin and Obi-Wan were like, this superstitious nonsense or whatever. So they get the cure and they go off. And Were they uh, literally mean an angel? <laughs> oh, the uh, diathem. They're, they're such an interesting race, but Star Wars doesn't give them enough lore. Sadly. <laughs> Sadly. Um, so they try to leave Aiego, but they find out that... Once upon a time, the Separatists occupied this planet, and they decided it was a good idea to... Okay, so Aiego is basically a planet that's known for a thousand moons. Like, there's a lot of these celestial bodies just surrounding Aiego. And the Separatists decided to use all of those celestial bodies and make a laser grid to prevent any ship from escaping. And a lot of the... Kind of sounds like the Naboo barricade. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) uh, And... Of course, in space, it looks like a laser grid, kind of like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is what it looks like to the people on the planet. Oh, wow. It literally looks like uh, looks some like supernatural stuff is going on It looks on like constellations. There. Yeah. Of course, um, obviously, it's not a deity, but to the inhabitants of Aiego, it is droll. Which, if you haven't noticed, is basically Lord spelled backwards. Yeah. <laughs> um... Then, of course, they made the angels, which is arguable if they are deities. They're physical, luminous beings. They're technically myth. Technically myth. <laughs> which makes it so much funnier. Where it's all like, oh, droll. There's this, uh, no, no, no. And re- no, no, it's a laser grid. No, oh, bullshit. Well, could we get past it? Oh, yeah, you can talk to the angels over there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh... And, uh, okay, this is kind of dabbling into, uh, the beliefs of cultures and stuff like that, but it's technically something that they're worshipping as an ancestor. So, 
Are you guys familiar with a cell calf? No. No. So they're a major race that were introduced in the uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Um, I'll show you a picture of these people. They're a bunch of amphibious-looking people. They have weird faces. I've seen them. Yeah. So their home planet is this place called Man. Man? Yeah, Man. Um, Or is it it Manan? Manan, thank you. Manan. Um, And Manan... One of the special things about Minan and one of our best exports is this uh, liquid called Keltol. Keltol? Keltol. Thank you. Keltol, which is basically the uh, the uh, product that was used to heal yourself. Kind of like Bacta. It's Old Republic Bacta. Old Republic Bacta. And then it, it got replaced by Bacta because they saw it as superior to that and all that. Um, so Bacta originated from this being called the uh, progenitor and it's basically this gigantic native Frixian shark i'll show you a picture but so they have sharks on this aquatic planet and this is what they look like they're pretty big that's big looks like a giant fish (laughs) it's a very giant fish if a progenitor she she wouldn't be the only one she's like the mother of all these baby sharks or whatever (laughs) (laughs) And the cell calf believe of a progenitor is their ancestor. That's the species that they originated from. Baby sharky doo-doo-doo. <laughs> and of course, uh, she's the ancestor of the entire cell calf race and responsible for creating Kelto. So of course, she's the uh, center of great worship and spiritualism. So technically, she's not a godlike being, but she cool. is alive. That is pretty cool, though. That is pretty cool. <laughs> Entire culture of aquatic people that worship a mother shark. That <laughs> <laughs> much I think is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> remember how you always talk about, uh, like in our Sif episode, you were asking, uh, does Nagasadao go to uh, X, not X go, um, the Eternal Empire system or whatever? Mm-hmm. We're going to be Zakool. talking about Zakul. Yay! <laughs> so before Vitiate decided to come down and, you know, hey, Be you're gonna rule me emperor. now. You're gonna rule you're gonna worship me now. Um the the natives of cool were kind of this primitive people, like, you know, they still had sticks and whatever. Um and they had their pantheon of six gods. What is um, it like like they were a primitive it's always they were a primitive. <laughs> they always start off with a primitive group. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, the six gods was led by uh, Ezax, who is known as the ultimate devourer, or the god of death. I'll actually show you a picture, because, yes, these I gods I remember do them a- talking about this in the Old Republic yeah, game, so yeah. I Isaac, that's what, that's Isaac. how it's pronounced. Is it what he looks like? He's a robot. Interesting. Yeah. So, there's Isaac, uh, the head of all the gods. And then there's his wife, uh, Sivia, who's the mother of, who's also known as the mother of sorrows, the wife of Ibex. Um, it's a good thing I have pictures too, because these are actual things that you can find in game. So they're giant mecha. They're literally a bunch of droids. I was gonna say it looks they look like Japanese mecha. <laughs> and then of course, two gods. We still have uh, four more to go. Um, and under them are their children, Tef, the uh, warrior god, Avelia, 
sorry for trying to mispronounce his names, Avilia, the goddess of passion, Izen, the goddess of envy, and Nua, the god of apathy. And I'll show you a picture of these guys, too. That's warrior god. Okay. Oh, I like that design. Yeah. That's Scorpio! <laughs> You'll see the connections in a little bit. Okay. Okay. Okay, so they're deities and robots. <laughs> now, as you can tell, they don't seem... Well, okay, they kind of look godlike, but they have—they look like machines, basically. They're droids, basically. They're, they're droids. The six gods... Uh, this is going to be a common thread with uh, the Eternal Empire. Um, the six gods were droid super weapons designed by the Ayakaf race, the same people who designed the Eternal Fleet and Gravestone. Uh, no wonder! Yep. And were used to, um, on, they were basically used to exterminate unready civilizations to pacify, subjugate, and destroy them. Wow. And the people of Segul were like, oh my god, these, these guys are so advanced and strong, they must be gods. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes sense why Scorpio looks like that goddess. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, we get into the juicy stuff. This is where we go into the iceberg meme. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> so, we're going to go to the uh, actual gods, or at the very least, god-like people that were, you know, were Gods in quotations. Gods in quotations. Okay, so, do you recall in uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace, where all, there's all these human-looking statues on that boot? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, those weren't made by the Gungans or the Nabu people or whatever. Um, they are statues that were made by these aliens, uh, alien civilization called the Elders. Um, they were basically a space-faring civilization that colonized the planet of Nabu in the ancient past, several millennia before the original colonists of Nabu came there. Okay. And like, uh, <laughs> it's also kind of funny because the original colonists they came from this planet called Garomat, uh, which is basically another Coruscant like world. And they arrived on that boo and they encountered the Gungans and they're like, hey, hey, don't freak out, but we actually come from another place. And the Gungans are like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, you're not surprised? No, this is another Tuesday for us. <laughs> so like in the ancient past, uh these Eldar Elder, not to be confused with the Eldari from Warhammer 40k. Um, they are a force-sensitive race that build numerous temples and statues throughout all Nabu, and even their native moon of Rari, which, you know, like most mythologies, like, uh, it's just coincidence that all these structures around Earth look similar, but you can't exactly do that when it's also on the native moon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they... The Gungans and the Elder didn't weren't really chill with each other, and they actually warred with each other. And at some time in the past, the Elders uh, decided to just leave Naboo for whatever fucking reason. Some people theorize that uh, some theorize that they left due to negligence, like they had to deal with something else elsewhere in the galaxy, and they just left their structures to be absorbed by Naboo and its landscape. 
Others say that it was due to an invasion by some third party, like another alien race that they were at war with or something like that. But uh, regardless of what happened, the statues of the elders, which is, it's kind of ironic because, you know, they used to war with each other. But they were actually uh, places of warships among the Gungans who saw the sculptures as depicting their own deities. Hmm. And it's actually a place of refuge when, you know, times of great crisis. Interesting. Okay. Kind of a uh, ancient aliens feel. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like it. Has anybody seen aliens. that TV yes. show? Aliens. <laughs> yes, my dad watches that all the time. <laughs> well, in this case, it's actually real in Star Wars. <laughs> So, of course, we have the Eldars, um, but they weren't the only ancient alien civilization that colonized all these worlds in the ancient past. Um, of course, in Star Wars, there's the most famous precursor race. Uh, they're called the Celestials, not to be confused with the Celestials from Marvel. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. It's always the Celestials. It's always <laughs> like Celestial this, Celestial that. Well, on the bright side, they're also known as the Architects. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, think, uh, have you ever played Mass Effect, Kid? A little bit. I played Outer Worlds more. Okay. Um, so, think of the Celestials as like... The Celestials are to Star Wars as the Forerunners are to Halo, or the Protheans are to Mass Effect. God, okay, yeah. you got it. <laughs> you know, like the Forerunners created the Halos and all of these advanced structures that the Covenant say were divine-like and all that. Yes. That's what the Celestials were. So, they were a civilization that was present in the prehistory of the galaxy, even before the uh, Rakata with their infinite empire and shit. Really? Yep. Wow. They were older than the Rakata. Um... So that's even before the Old Republic. Exactly. This is pre, 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 pre Old Republic. So we read the ass long time ago. <laughs> a really a ass long, a really long ass time ago. Sorry. <laughs> I can't speak. Uh, so the Celestial is otherwise known as the Architects. They're responsible for creating numerous artifacts and different anomalies throughout the Star Wars galaxy, like a. Uh, you remember Centerpoint Station from our Super Weapons episode? Which is those gigantic yeah. space stations that can move black holes and shit? Yep. They created that. Okay. <laughs> and they're responsible for creating several sections of the galaxy in the Star Wars universe. Like the, uh, you know what the Maw Cluster is? The Maw, it was where the Sun Crusher was made. Oh. That part of the galaxy where it's nothing but planets and black holes everywhere. Okay. Uh, the Celestials created the Maw uh, Ma Cluster. Cool. But just moving around black holes like <laughs> it's fucking Tuesday. Um, let's see. Uh, and it's also theorized that they're responsible for creating most of the... Uh, you know how the Rakata say that they're responsible for creating the Twi'lek, uh, Zabrak, and all that? Most of the near humans. Yeah. Um, the Celestials, it's been theorized that the Celestials are responsible for creating... Majority of uh, Star Wars races, most mostly humans. Okay. Yeah. So um, that's why it's all human centric. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, all these races they have the same body plan, like they're humanoid, and they have two hands, two legs, and you know, just very human. Unless you're like the Roly Poly race. That is true. That's <laughs> the, those are the exceptions, but a lot of people say it was the Celestials that created his body plan for all of us. Okay. Um. 
So some of their most notable creations, aside from uh, Centerpoint and Sinkhole Station, they also created... Um, <laughs> so there's this super weapon called the uh, Cosmic Turbine. I can't remember exactly what it does, but assumingly it destroys this certain section of the galaxy. Okay. I'm just imagining it, but in, in my mind it's just this giant windmill in space. Good <laughs> <laughs> uh, lord. And like, aside from their mechanical creations, they also made a lot of anomalies throughout the Star Wars universe. Um, so, okay. You are familiar with the term unknown regions, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like that part outside of the Star Wars galaxy where it's basically unexplored. That's why it's called the unknown regions. That's where the Chiss live. And that's... Okay. okay. So... <laughs> so... You're probably wondering why you haven't heard a lot of stories of people in the galaxy going out beyond their own galaxy to explore the wider uh, wider universe or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's because there's hyperspace anomalies, which prevents people from going out there. And a lot of people say it's the Celestials that made a hyperspace disturbance that prevents people from going outside of the galaxy. Weird. It's kind of like in most it's, open world games. It's basically like a canon explanation to, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like in most open world games where you have you, you meet an invisible wall. wall. <laughs> it's basically like that. That's well, so annoying. I mean, it's not literally like that, but imagine like, a, it's like the Star Wars equivalent of going out in the open ocean, but you're in the middle of a fucking hurricane. That's basically what it is. Jesus. And I mean, it's not impossible, but you definitely won't be able to hyperspace your way out there. You would have to do it the old-fashioned way. How the fuck did the Chiss get there? We'll do that when we do an episode on the Chiss. (laughs) (laughs) But no, in all seriousness, um, the Chiss, there's many different uh, quote-unquote origins of how the Chiz got out there. I thought you were about to say orgies of the Chiz. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Origins, not orgies, kid. Origins. Now that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) So either A, the Chiz were a bunch of ancient human colonists that made it over there the old-fashioned way. You know, just drifted around in space, took a million years for them to get there or whatever. Or the Celestials created them. As sort of these, uh, <laughs> I don't know a good comparison, but uh, I guess Border Patrol officers just securing the unknown regions from inside and outside fragments. I guess that's a good comparison for it. But uh, so a lot of people theorize that the Celestials created this hyperspace anomaly around the Star Wars galaxy, either to A, prevent anybody outside from invading the Star Wars galaxy or to prevent someone from inside the Star Wars galaxy from getting out there because this was around the time the uh, Infinite Empire became a thing and they conquered the entire galaxy and they managed to best the Celestials basically. It's, it's, it's always has to be something so... <laughs> it, it can't just be... Like, it, it can't just be... Yes, the Big Bang. (laughs) It can't can't just be like, and God made it. It has to be the Celestials. Yep. It has to be, 
It has to be shoved so fucking grand fighting something else, I swear. (laughs) And some academics muse that the scales of a Celestial's technological achievements were so great that the entirety of the known universe throughout, you know, the Star Wars galaxy, whatever, was is is probably a giant celestial construct of some kind. Yeah. In other words, all of that out there, probably created by the Celestials. Wouldn't be surprised. And little did everyone know, the Celestials are also Force-sensitive. No, no, no. (laughs) It's like, uh, they're called the Celestials in this part of the universe where the Star Wars galaxy is. Then they go to our own Milky Way galaxy where the Marvel universe is. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I, I swear. I'm going to get over that fucking joke of force-sensitive everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, um, the Celestials are this very mysterious force. Like, we know that they exist because there are many alien civilizations that have encountered the Celestials. Like, their technology, probably not... They're gods. Just, they're just gods. You can't really know because they're too, they're too godly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, uh, we don't know what they look like. We don't know if they are humanoid. We don't know if they are... They are energy-like. We don't know if they have a lifespan. We don't know if they're immortal. Whatever. I mean, since they're so high up there, have you heard of the Chartic... Uh, I think it's like the Chartikev scale or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like... Uh, tier 2 is like being able to create galaxies or something like that. Like So Tier 1 is you harness the power of your planet and yeah. your sun. Tier 2 is you harness the power of your galaxy. Yeah. Tier 3 is you harness the power of like multiple galaxies, uh-huh. which is the universe. Uh, tier four is the Omniverse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, uh, they've had encounters with these other races. Like, uh, there's this one race called the Cheryl race who were so. Most of the Celestials probably weren't benign. I mean, a lot of people thought they were benign because, oh my god, Celestials and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this race called the Cheryl race who were so frightened of the Celestials and their technological might that they buried their cities underneath these pyramids and they made a machine that literally drained their intelligence to make them look more primitive than they actually are. Imagine. Okay. Imagine yourself like, holy fuck, those, those people are so powerful. I'm, we need to dummy ourselves down so they, they don't pay attention to us. What the fuck? <laughs> that seems like the worst case thing yeah. to do. Why would you do that? And like, it worked. Because, uh, you know, <laughs> this is like playing in hide and seek, but you hide by killing yourself. Yeah. No, no, imagine, like, uh, there's this college professor, and you're, like, this super smart dude, and he's like, oh, shit, he's probably gonna be jealous of me. I gotta play dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. So fucking stupid. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, my opponent has a gun. I'm about to die because he's going to shoot me. <laughs> I, I, it's like, I can either, one, shoot him back with my gun. Two, run away. Three, shoot myself. Just pull Nagas down and run away. <laughs> Three, I will shoot myself to seem like a non-threat. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and the disappearance of a Celestials is another heated debate. Um, ever since the Ricotta and the, you know, their empire and all that, um... That's when the Celestials stopped becoming relevant in the galaxy. Like, they just disappeared off of the face of the map. Many they could, say they that, could have just fucked off and be yeah. like, no. <laughs> Many say that the Ricotta 
went on a war of extermination on the Celestials, which was collaborated by these... You know Vagri? Ooh. Okay, so if you're... They're one of the most ancient civilizations in all of Star Wars. Like, you remember uh, Dooku's solar sail from Episode 2? That was a Greek creation. Okay. Uh, so the, the Greek collaborated their story. The Greek are so interesting. They have this unique way of saying things. Like, they call the Rikata the Soul Hunters. And they claim that the Soul Hunters, you know, curse the entirety of the uh, Celestials, whom they call the Ancient Masters. Hmm. But nobody really knows what happened to the Celestials. They just fucked off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're probably wondering where the father, the son, and the daughter are. Yeah, I've been wondering that the whole time. Well, we're going to be talking about them right now. Nice. <laughs> so there's this arc in the Clone Wars where uh, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka go to this search for his distress signal, which is like Old Republic era, basically. And they go to this certain section of the galaxy where the signal is. And they find this gigantic pyramid-looking thing that contains a world. And it's called Mortis. And that's where the, the, uh, the ones live. They're also known as the gods of Mortis because, of course, um, they're a family of... Fo- they're called force wielders. That's kind of their race, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, because what, what else would you call them? <laughs> exactly. Like, these guys are so insane. Like, uh... There was this one moment where Anakin was all like, who the fuck are you? And he points his lightsaber at the father, and he's like, I'm so much more, you little bitch. <laughs> and he grabs his lightsaber bare hand and just shoves it back in. Damn! Yeah. It just Wasn't there a scene where Anakin had to choose between Obi-Wan or Ahsoka, and then he just forced the daughter and the son to yeah. bow with yeah. his force power? Yeah, that was kind of the... Uh, I'm so, gonna watch that episode now. Yeah. <laughs> It's such or a bad. An it's an arc, yeah. I want to like, watch that arc now. Yeah, it's so fucking badass. He just holds his this plasma blade like it's a fucking toy. Just whoop. So basically, they're gods. Uh, yeah. Well, if Anakin can be For stopped, lack of by, a better word, they're gods. <laughs> Anakin can be stopped by Dooku blocking his face with a chair. <laughs> then, then I don't think that's that impressive. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. You've seen like not 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 the movies, but the Clone Wars. Yeah, cartoon, right? yeah. The Clone Wars cartoon. Anakin and Dooku are fighting, and Anakin's about to stab Dooku with his saber. And guess what Dooku does? He force grabs a chair and puts it in front of him, <laughs> and Anakin stabs through the chair. But the end of his lightsaber, you know, is still an object, so he can't stab through it. So rather than just, I don't know, breaking the chair with the force or slicing the chair in two and then going in for another swing, Anakin does this, where, like, here the chair's in front of him, right? Yeah. He's trying to stab it, but he can't get the blade to do his face. So, <laughs> so all he has to do is do this. Then slice, but no, Anakin is just doing. He's just trying to stab it in the <laughs> chair's blocking him. Anakin's and a fucking idiot. It's like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> Anakin is a fucking idiot. Okay. So I'm not that impressed by that god thing. You, I stopped a lightsaber, yes, but if if, if a chair, <laughs> if a chair can stop Anakin's lightsaber, that's not very impressive. <laughs> 
I just love the way how you belittle an accomplishment a god made. It's like, it's like okay, you stopped Anakin's lightsaber. You know what else stopped Anakin's lightsaber? A fucking, a fucking chair! chair. A it's fucking it's chair. like a Markiplier meme. I have a chair! <laughs> Anakin's lightsaber was stopped by a chair. Your argument is invalid. Anyway, let me... Yeah, this is the best part of the fucking episode right here. Uh, look, and, uh, so, of course, uh, the daughter embodies the light side because, you know, she literally looks like an angel. The sun is the dark side. I mean. <laughs> the, the sun is the dark he side. He can literally turn into a bat, apparently. Like a giant A gargoyle, bat. actually. Yeah. I did um, a bit of research before the episode. And I uh, remember... Yeah, I know what they look like. Yeah. Just, I yeah. remember when we bought the Book of the Sith, uh-huh. we saw that the Night Sisters believed in the Fang God and the Wing Goddess. Uh-huh. That's the son and the daughter. Yep. I figured that out <laughs> by research. Yeah. So their um, race is just force beings, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, they're yeah. shape-shifting beings because, you know, the daughter can transform into a griffin and the son can transform into a gargoyle. Okay, I'm a power scale. This <laughs> <laughs> the, is the father the strongest between the son, the daughter, and the father? Is he just the strongest? Oh, he's like the balance between the light and the dark, but by the time that Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka arrive, he's kind of weakened already, which is why he wanted Anakin to replace him as the chosen one, as the balance between the light and the dark. That so, makes sense. Okay, so, here's my argument to, to, as oh to God. Say, here's my argument as to say why these beings aren't God. <laughs> Anakin, Anakin's lightsaber was stopped by a chair. <laughs> the, the Elder stopped Anakin's lightsaber. Therefore, the, the Elder, the, the Father, is chair level. <laughs> He's chair level. He's chair level. Uh, the father is, is stronger than the son and the daughter. And Anakin <laughs> made them bow. Yeah. Therefore, all of them are chair level. <laughs> the chosen one. He's just a retard sometimes. They're all chair level. <laughs> yes, you heard it here, folks. The chair is above the chosen one. <laughs> They're all chair level. You're all chair level. God. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay, so the entire backstory of the ones, why they're at Mortis. So, like, Mortis, you know, it's trapped in this pyramid like thing. It's basically a dimension of its own. Um, and it's theorized that's, the, that's where the cosmic force originates. That's where the force comes from, is from this planet. Interesting. Yeah. And, like, uh, so the, the ones are so powerful that. If they just existed in a wider galaxy, it would disrupt the balance, and they were powerful enough to, according to the father, tear apart the fabric of the universe. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and all of them are immortal, so long as the father exists. But if the father dies... They die. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, the only... Oh, okay, aside from the father dying... <laughs> Wait, they, uh, who's the mother in this situation? Oh, we'll get there. Um, so, okay. So, like, as long as the, fa- the as long as the father exists, they're fine. But if the force ceases to exist, they also die because they embody the different aspects of the force. Um, I like that it gives <laughs> the force some kind of personification. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like. You remember the, uh, okay, so we're going deep lore behind, beyond the Clone Wars, because there's this novel series, uh, which 
makes a makes a cameo appearance of uh, ones and all that. So you remember Vakilix? Yeah. The the insectoid. They're so annoying. The insectoid race, which were the original inhabitants of Alderaan and all that. Um, I'll show a picture to give what they look like. They're a very annoying creature. There you go. Oh yeah, you showed me. Yeah. Um, so according to the. Uh, the Feverid Hive, which is the oldest known hive of Killix in the entire galaxy. Like, there was a point where Luke Skywalker goes to these Killix trying to recall their history and all that. Um, and according to these Killix, the Mortis gods are, quote, the ones were what the Celestials became. Wait, Celestials, the Celestials evolved from being Celestials into being fucking... The Celestials became the ones? Yeah. According to the Killix. Oh, okay. Like, if... if, This is a... uh, What's a good word? Um, But that's just according to one race. Yeah. And, like, uh, they have a collective memory. I want you to guys keep in mind that the Killix have a collective memory, but it does not make distinctions between fact and fiction like a human does. Okay, so it could be true, it could. It could or it couldn't be true. It, there is no proof. Yeah. Okay. If that makes any sense. Okay, so it, it's in the air if, if it's true. But the ones could be celestials, they could be something completely unrelated, nobody knows. All we have are a bunch of bugs to base that on. <laughs> But yeah. still <laughs> Apparently. Oh, Christ. Uh, that's not, that's no insult. That chair was a chair. <laughs> that chair withstood Anakin at his most rage trying to stab Dooku with everything he had. I'm surprised nobody's worshipped that chair by now. Dude, that chair? That fucking chair, man. Hey, wouldn't that count on Dooku's force strength? Because he's the one holding it. Yeah, yeah he's holding... Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Like, Dooku might be holding the chair, but there's nothing stopping Anakin from forcing the chair, oh, like, forcing the chair against Dooku, or just slicing the chair in half <laughs> and continuing his onslaught of slashes. Rage-filled Anakin is a stupid Anakin. Yeah, but, like, yeah that's very what, true. What I'm saying is, like, for example, <laughs> let's say you try to, like, stab me with, like, a sword, and I use, like, you know, I don't know, like, let's say I... I block it with like a pillow. Like you stab it with a pillow, <laughs> but you know the pillow is still ho- held on to your sword. Yeah. Right? And you're trying to stab into it, but you can't because like you're gonna have a blade for your handle, so like your yeah. your guard keeps pushing against like the, yeah, yeah. the pillow. All you have to do is slice through the pillow and then go for another jab or swing. Yeah. That's so easy. But no, this is like if you just kept pushing the sword through the pillow. It's like this is this is not gonna work. <laughs> oh, we gotta make the uh, the chair is above the chosen one. <laughs> the chair is so fucking strong. Man. That chair, that fucking chair, that fucking chair. Um, anyway, so like uh, okay, so. If, it, if I didn't make it clear already, but ones are pretty goddamn ridiculous. But uh, I think I remember at the top of my head, this was like back when the Clone Wars was still an ongoing thing and when the you know, Ark was still around and new in our everybody's heads. I do remember if it was like a what-if scenario. I'm not sure if it was a fan fiction or something that a Star Wars writer came up with, but the sun basically escaped Mortis to cause havoc in the galaxy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, 
He was so goddamn powerful that Palpatine, you know, drops his guys as, you know, the Chancellor. Goes up to Yoda and he's like, hey, dude, there's this uh, powerful being. You want to team up and fight him? Sure. No fucking way. Yeah. No fucking way. <laughs> yeah. No way. Yep. Yeah, he's that powerful, apparently. Jesus. Yeah. He's never going to be chair. chair. <laughs> <laughs> he's never going to be chair time level. <laughs> That's that's a meme. How fifteen of all people goes to Yoda and is like, we help. Yeah, basically. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's like a uh, fan fiction or something like that. But I remember that in my head, like back then. If anyone finds that link to that fan fiction, please link it in the comments. <laughs> but yeah, um, so the only thing that could actually kill the ones is this artifact called the Dagger of Mortis. And you just stab him, you're dead. <laughs> you see. You see. You see, the chair could withstood that attack. The chair oh, Jesus. Ah, we all know Chair Coon is the best fucking Star Wars character. He withstood Anakin's lightsaber thrust. Okay. And um, only, there's only two characters that withstood... Anakin's lightsaber thrust. That's the chair, and that's Padme. <laughs> what you can't handle the choke. Hard daddy. <laughs> um, you know, um, really funny. how long is that now? Uh, one twenty-one. Uh, okay, cool. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, the chair is never going to stop, is it? It'd be funny if Padme was getting, like, fourth choked in episode three and she just said, like, harder in. <laughs> and then, like, what? Every, what? Every, everyone just pauses. It's very what? awkward. <laughs> no. Obi-Wan's like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my, My cheeks hurt. <laughs> okay. Um, so... We've already talked about the Celestials in one, and them having a quote-unquote connection. Um, I'll briefly mention Abeloth. Um, so Abeloth is the, the mother of that family of one. But she's immortal. She's immortal, right? Like not immortal, but immortal. Um, she's immortal. Yes, originally she was immortal, <laughs> not immortal. A immortal. Yeah. Um. So like. She, she was just this normal person, I assume she's human, um, who's just going around helping the father, you know, just like a motherly figure would do. And, you know, she grows old as everybody else around her is immortal. And she decided... Um, so they have, they get married and they have the, the kids, right? The, the, the son and the daughter. No. Or no. Or they, no. They already existed. They already existed because, you know, they're godlike beings and she's just a puny little immortal. Okay. Um, so... I can't remember what it's called, but she goes to this fountain, which is basically a uh, wellspring of life for the Force or whatever. And she goes in, and it's what gives the uh, ones their power or whatever. Um, she goes into this pool to become immortal like them, because, you know, she wants to be the mother to these. She wants to be with her family. Yeah, she wants yeah, to be she, with her family. She's like, she's only known these people. And yeah. They're, they're the only people she's ever had, so she doesn't want to die. Yeah, yeah exactly. So she goes into this pond. And it did make her immortal, but it also made her uber insane. Well, shit. Yep. And that's where Abeloth was born. She's known as the uh, 
the personification of chaos throughout the Star Wars galaxy. And as I said, uh, we'll do an entire episode on Avaloth because she's really fucking interesting. Next, that sounds interesting. Maybe the next episode should be the chair. <laughs> the chair. I have a chair. Wait, did Luke beat her? Luke beat Adelaide. No. no. Okay, no. so there's a long story, but Luke did play a part. Um, I guess we'll cover that in Adelaide's episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, <laughs> so I forgot to mention this in the beginning, but for our previous episodes, I have like normally four to five pages of notes. For this, I have like eight pages, so like twice the amount as normal. Jesus! So, we're almost there. We have like a couple more entries to cover. Um, so, this is going to be, I want you to guys to keep this in mind. This is kind of... Uh, Old, deep lore. This is where we go to the bottom of the iceberg. Oh, boy. Um, so, the Celestials may have been godlike beings who just have hyper-advanced technology or whatever and created the Star Wars galaxy as we know it. Um, but those, there are those beings that are beyond moral comprehension. So, enter the trans-dimensional being named Waru who hails not from the Star Wars galaxy or even this plane of reality. He comes from this separate dimension. So, the writer. The writer. <laughs> Breaking that fucking fourth wall there. He's just the writer. Okay. <laughs> so, he is described as this um, cube-shaped blob-like creature. Think of a gelatinous cube from I was going to think, uh, like a slime from uh, yeah. Minecraft. <laughs> and, like, he, it's this blob-like creature, and he's, like, covered in these golden discs, which acts as shields to cover his raw tissue underneath. I'll actually show you uh, the only picture that they have Man, of a dude. The, they're really trying to make this thing in-depth lore-wise, but... But, like, he's not part of the Star Wars mythos. Or I don't think anybody wanted to go down this rabbit hole. There he's, he's literally... That's him right next to C-3PO. Okay? He's just the writer. Yeah, I don't think anybody wanted to go down this rabbit hole. Why? <laughs> but just, just why? Okay, anyway. Um, so, his insights are... are is this thick and... Uh, syrupy liquid, which is described as Icor. And it's like the Doctor uh, Who uh, time... What is that? The, the TARDIS. The, the TARDIS, thank you. Tar- tar- uh, okay. it's, he's bigger on the inside, basically. You could fit three people inside of him. That's not that big. The TARDIS is much bigger on the inside. <laughs> no, no, like he's yay big. No, actually he's... Yay wide, yay high, and it could just fit three people in here and you still have enough room. Mm. Anyway, um, so what makes him special, aside from coming from another dimension, obviously? Um, so he has these healing abilities. Like, whenever he engulfs somebody, he cures them of all ailments. So is he a benevolent entity, or...? He's... Arguably benevolent. And how does he, how is he a he? <laughs> it. It's the writer. It's the writer. It's literally just Star Wars excuses for the writer. I guess. Uh, so he was brought into the Star Wars dimension through the acts of a dying star, which, in a very rare process, the star basically crystallized, and this caused a large enough disturbance in the Force to teleport Whirl from his universe into this. 
What? I know there's a lot of a mumbo Wait, jumbo. How do you teleport someone from a from a existence without the force into the existence with the force in your dimension where you can only use the force in your own dimension? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> wait, 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 hold up. I'm gonna I'm I'm draw this out. Oh God. This out. That doesn't make sense. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use some Marvel logic though. Okay, so you know how you know the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Say this is the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right, these us fingers. So, the Infinity Stones and Infinity Gauntlet can only work in, uni- in this universe. Like yeah. This is yeah. universe one. Yeah. You cannot use it in universe two because this has its own Infinity Gauntlet. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, you, you can't really do that. So, this is what happened. One day, there's this cube. <laughs> <laughs> and this cube is occupying a universe... Without the force. Yeah. So I'm going to write NF for no force. Yeah. This is a universe with the force. I'm just going to write F for force. So when the universe of the force, you can use the force in this universe because the force only exists within the Star Wars universe. Yeah. So force universe, you only use it in the force universe because it's the only universe that has the force. So... What you're, what these fuckers are telling me is that the the force went into a space that doesn't have the force, used the force in the universe that doesn't have the force, and moved the non-force thing in the force thing. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. That's, that's dumb. That makes that, no sense. What? I'll that's put a picture of a diagram for the audience. That's just writer's nonsense. Okay, so anyway, I know it's a little bit of mumbo jumbo and hard to explain, but just bear with me a little bit here. Um, so, okay, so one world, you know, teleported in our own dimension. Uh, sorry, the Star Wars dimension. Um, he was approached by this man named uh, Hifiar, who was trained. Who was pers- He's basically an Inquisitor that was trained by Darth Vader himself, and he's the uh, Imperial. Per- Procurator of Justice, and he wanted to learn everything about the Force. And, you know, Wara wants to go back to his home dimension. So he decided to cut a deal with this Inquisitor. He's like, okay, I could tell you everything about the Force, and uh, you could sacrifice people who are strong in the Force to me so I could gain enough power to make a portal to go back to my home dimension. It's a major fucking fourth wall break, right? <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and Waru apparently comes from a dimension which, you know, the Force never existed, but there's this energy source called the Anti-Force that exists over there. Oh. <laughs> oh my fucking god, this is so stupid. Oh. And, and the only way that Waru could heal people is by draining his own energy, so he's imparting his own life essence into people. What the fuck? <laughs> How? Like, wait... How do you cause a disturbance? How does okay? This being isn't in the Star Wars mythos. It isn't in the Star Wars universe. That like in that in the timeline, right? Yeah. So there was a star. That star collapsed. It crystallized and created what's his name? Ah, uh, Waro. Yeah, Waro. And <laughs> and how does that cause a disturbance in the Force if he's not in a universe where the Force fucking exists? But yet somehow his Fucking the collapsed star <laughs> was able to affect the force in a different dimension. Yeah. What? 
I, I know, it doesn't make sense. Like I said, this is deep iceberg It bullshit. doesn't make sense! <laughs> I mean, like, you can't do that. You can't do that. The laws of physics in these two realms don't uh, don't equate to each other. This, this is why you can't have, like, like Marvel Universe 1 have specific, like, the Infinity Gauntlet and Marvel Universe 2, which doesn't have the Infinity Gauntlet, you can't have the Infinity Gauntlet doing the Marvel Universe 2. And work there. Even Marvel explains that you can't do that shit. That's impossible. How does Star Wars make it work? Oh, fuck. Well, like I said, this is back in the uh, old days of Star Wars. Just to give you a perspective, this was before the prequels was made. This is like... Well, no fucking... This is like my oven-baked cookies. Like, you know, you know when your ovens are done, your... Yeah. You know when your cookies are done, the oven will go ding. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's like if that ding somehow affected another planet's fucking... Uh, another planet's, like, like orbiting around their sun, and, that's, and the sun just exploded. What? <laughs> okay. Long story exactly. short. Just, what? Long story short, um... So in order to replenish his own energy, he needs to consume force users uh, and, you know, get his energy back. And, okay, so he originated from this novel called Wait, The Crystal he's so, Star. He's so powerful that his own quantum state can, can <laughs> disrupt the force. Why does he need to eat force users? What <laughs> anyway, um, so long story short. Um, I want know, off this roller coaster. So this dark inquisitor uh, Kidnap the soul twins. Uh, you know the Ah Yep. Um and So this they, is Legends. He is Legends. Thank <laughs> God <laughs> Um so anyway, uh so Luke Skywalker and whatever rescued the Solo twins and World was so angry he consumed that dark acolyte asshole and he through his powerful dark sider he managed to gain enough energy to Create a void in the Force, and at the same time, the ripping of the space-time continuum allowed World to finally escape to his home dimension. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. My brain! <laughs> How would you even open a portal? <laughs> the Force would open a portal. The Force could open a portal. This is the portal. Yeah. But since the Force doesn't exist in this non-Force... <laughs> area, why would a portal open up here? It can't. The force doesn't exist, so it would be a portal to weirdness. Ah! My brain feels like mush. Okay. Um, we're not done yet. But we're yeah! done yet. Please be done! This like this fucking ah! this cube should be this finale, shouldn't it? Like, that's like it's- the- <laughs> it's the appetizer. Oh, what? <laughs> confusing this. No more. Okay, I'll go through this a little bit quickly. Okay. Okay. So this originated in the original line of Marvel comics for Star Wars. You're, you're telling me. You're telling me <laughs> this fucker <is> that, <laughs> that, that this cube is is. It's not the finale, it's merely the appetizer. Yeah. That, like, this fucking cube, (laughs) what what, what this cube did was basically just step on my foot, like, you know those trash things, trash cans, right? Yeah. I stepped on my foot, my mouth open, like, ah, screaming. He grabbed eight pounds of nacho cheese and poured it down my throat. That, that, and you call that an appetizer. (laughs) Okay. 
now what? I'll make this as short as I can. Okay, just bear with me here. It's weird. It's really weird. Just bear with me here. Um, and this this came from the mind from George Luke. Came from the mind of no the uh, people who were licensed li- that were licensed by Lucasfilm to do stories. Weird than a cube like this. Okay, <laughs> what fucking drugs are they taking? Because Probably. I want some. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, okay. There's this group of entities called the Bedlam Spirits. So there are these omnipotent entities that inhabited the planet of Bedlam. And they are so powerful, they are capable of manipulating time and space. Okay. That's, that's not as bad. <laughs> that's not as bad. That's really not as bad. Okay. Good. Don't worry. Uh, it gets a little bit weirder from here. It's like the it's like it's like they mixed up the appetizer with the actual dinner. Yeah. This is what they look like. Okay. Weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so the Bedlam spirits. Um, so one of their members is. Uh, so. I'm not going to go too much into depth because I don't want to go over two hours or anything like that. Um, so there's this comic book, a uh, Marvel comic book, where Princess Leia was being chased by these stormtroopers. And she goes to this planet where these beings existed. And there's this female member of the Bedlam Spirits. Quote unquote female. Quote unquote female. But she... She appears as this disembodied uh, form, but she actually transforms herself into this uh, female-looking form. Like, you know, she's this elegant-looking female. And she's all like, hey, I invented form. Yahoo! (laughs) (laughs) And, like, she... She, like, they're kind of... uh, They have, like, the mentality of uh, eight-year-olds if you're not (laughs) if it's not going to be apparent in a little bit um (laughs) so she like goes to the other bedlam spirits hey i created form and the other bedlam spirit is like no fucking way we're so fucking jealous or whatever and like she saw princess leia being chased by these stormtroopers and she's like hey you see those people over there i'm going to uh do something to them and she goes over to Princess Leia and the Stormtroopers, and she decides to modify them. And she decides to crystallize one of the Stormtroopers, killing them, basically. Okay. You, you know, this seems very lackluster in comparison to the <laughs> that disrupted dimension. Yep. Anyway, and another member of the, the uh, Bedlam Spirits was all like, Nuh-uh, that's not how you modify a race. This is how you modify a race. And he goes up to Princess Leia and transforms her heart into diamond, leaving the rest of her uh, t- normal, killing her in the process. I was going to say, that, but what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? And uh, Telephy, not wanting to... She was just looking at this dude and just like, no, 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 you're doing it wrong. She, she goes over to the rest of the stormtroopers and she basically puts them into this mush of limbs and stuff. Basically, they're playing with them. Yep, basically. <laughs> oh my, oh my god. What, what? Oh my head. And oh like, no, uh, this one's not as bad as the one with like the dimensions. <laughs> oh my fucking head. 
I and, think uh, Isaac should have switched these around. This one should be should have been. <laughs> this, this one should have been the fucking finale. My brain feels like a car engine going out. And of like it. you know, these two bedlam spirits just uh, you know playing using Princess Leia, the poor stormtroopers as little playthings. They just got bored. They're like, eh, fuck it. Apparently, turning rock like a rock into into a fucking diamond or turning someone's heart into diamond. Is somehow doesn't disrupt the force. <laughs> that doesn't disrupt the force, but opening a portal does. <laughs> a, a star blowing up in a different universe that's not even ours. It's not even the Star Wars mythos universe somehow caused enough of the uh, the, the the fucking like the 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 force just felt a fucking tingle in its taint and was like, <laughs> was like ooh, I don't like that. Uh, and like uh, the telephy, I. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name right, but she was like, ugh, whatever. And the rest of the Bedlam spirits were like, hey, since you caused this thing in the first place, aren't you going to transform them back to their normal forms? You're like, ugh, no, I don't feel like it. Hey, you, uh, Splendid App, uh, do do that. But you're stupid, so go do that. Um, Yeah, they're very childlike. And Splendid App was like, okay. So he reformed Princess Leia and the Stormtroopers back to their normal selves. But since he was, you know, she... You said this was comics? Yep. This is a comic? Yep. They were smoking crap. (laughs) (laughs) And like uh, Splendid App, uh, even though he reformed the Stormtroopers and Princess Leia back to their normal selves, he didn't have... He had this little quirk where he didn't understand time. And he accidentally sent the stormtroopers eight thousand years into the past. Oh no! <laughs> if the stormtroopers just return as just ash. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> or Leia. And then they just uh, Leia's fine. Oh. Yeah, they just fucked off. Blood armor. They, they just fucked off. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is fucking stupid. <laughs> this is fucking stupid. Uh, no so, wonder why it's not canon. But uh, <laughs> so so. Apparently, from what I know, uh, so you remember the project that I mentioned a couple of times, uh, Supernatural Encounters, which is this upcoming uh, Star Wars novel. Yep. Um, originally, it was supposed, it's a official Star Wars novel, but uh, it it's quote unquote a canceled novel because it was originally supposed to be released on this hyperspace uh, fan website, which got defunct or whatever. Um, but it's going to be re-released in a little bit but it's basically a book where it recounts the uh, the pre pre history of the Sith and the Bedlam spirits are actually main characters and they like uh, expand into their lore into their characters and all of that and Telfi that a uh, female <laughs> who uh, transformed those stormtroopers into mush or whatever mm-hmm. she's a very important character and she's the uh, mother of the firstborn children of this god named Tyajin who becomes the god of the Sith. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and Ty of Gem is actually canon because he was mentioned in the uh, book called Smuggler's Run, which is basically a book for smugglers, and he's offhandedly mentioned as the uh, god of the okay. Sith. No more god. <laughs> We've had enough. But a lot of these are godlike beings, but if there is truly a god in Star Wars, it would probably be the Force itself. Well, yeah, no shit. Like, uh, it's the source of all life throughout the Star Wars universe, and a lot of, uh, <clears throat> in-universe, a lot of people theorize that the Force itself is alive. 
like not in a way that you and me are like we breathe we eat but it's like it could think it could interact it's sentient basically um and like there are a couple uh, of occasions <laughs> okay go on finish, finish so there are like two occasions that the force actually fights back because uh so Virakata basically wanted to control the force itself because they wanted to control everything and the force was like, I don't like this shit, and created a force plague. Which basically means that Rakata can no longer use the force. Yep. Yep. And on the second occasion is when uh, Darth Plagueis, the master of uh, Darth Sidious, decided to go to Tatooine and do a uh, ritual to command all the Metachlorians in the galaxy to bend them to his will. And the force was like, fuck that shit, I don't like that, I'm going to go create a chosen one. Okay. We should wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's our uh, fourth episode of Can Man Ice Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, can a bunch of a bunch of uh, drugs create some trippy gods? Those aren't even gods! <laughs> <laughs> There's only one true god of Star Wars. That's Cherokee. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Trapoon, it's Cherokee. Cher. Oh, uh, what did you guys think of this episode? What the fuck? <laughs> just what the fuck? Uh, I, I just think we should have left off the cube. Cube was just like the, the cube. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was a lot of fun before that point, right? If you could describe this episode in one sentence, what the fuck? Cube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Do you have any lingering questions? Anything else like that? No. no. <laughs> I don't want to uh, talk about guides anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, thank you for listening to this episode of Camp Man Ice Kill a Jedi. Um, you guys want to know what the next episode is going to be? Please, something not like this. I guess. Is it Sabres? Is it, is it Sabres? Eh. Not quite. What? Alright, we uh, <laughs> we talked about uh, a lot of supernatural stuff, uh, zombies before and I, now I gods. Swear, it's and... gonna be gods 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. If it's gods 2.0, I won. We're gonna be talking about the witches of Dothamir. Yes! I have no clue who the hell those are. The Bad uh. Sisters! <laughs> That's just one part of them, but still. Uh, I hope that everybody enjoyed this episode as wacky and what-the-fuck moments. Uh, I'm sure most of the comments are just going to be asking, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah um, as with all franchises, there's always going to be that deep, <laughs> deep uh, glacier part of That wasn't Star. even a rabbit hole. That was... Oh, what the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, be sure to uh, support the channel if you're watching the video. Be sure to give a like and subscribe to the channel. And uh, I'm going to take us out. You got anything else you want to say? Bye. Chair is best. <laughs> <laughs>